Hello, I'm Sel. And I'm Moo. And we're the Sticky Bun Boys, continuing our romp through season four. This week, we would normally be getting bread. I actually like to get bread daily. So I've heard it's written on the toilet walls. But you got bread last week, and in the early days, the Bake Off gods liked to mix it up a bit and gave us week three with desserts. You've been quite blasé about this, Michael. It is not a trifling matter. Oh dear, David, if you continue to write scripts like this, we're going to have to get split. And when it comes to the Sticky Bun Boys, I'll get custody. I won in life! Getting you to say that line is my peak. <laughs> We've all heard about you and lines. Right, let's get on with it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is that who we are now? Do we do drugs drugs jokes? There's literally nothing we can't do, Michael. We can do any jokes. We can do anything we put our minds to. <laughs> it just said in the script, it just said Michael Riff. And I panicked and drugs came out. Michael famously did all the scripts. And complained about it all the time as well, to be fair. <laughs> and then since I've started doing them, I actually quite enjoy it now. It takes me a lot longer, but I don't know how to finish things. I always get to this point. It's like, oh. I have heard that about you. <laughs> It's all about the journey for you, not the end. And Michael is so good at finishing that now I just leave it up to him. A regular finisher, some would say, although not regular enough, actually, recently. We were talking about that before we started. Um, anyway, anyway, let's get to the actual episode. This was Dessert Week in the tent. How do you feel about Dessert Week being week three? In some ways, I quite like it because I hate Dessert Week. I think it's the hardest one. It's all like... Well, you were whinging about it on the Crystal episode I listened because you said it was too late or early. You went just one way or the other, but I can't yeah. remember what you said. I can't remember, but I do kind of, I think it's a, one of the hardest ones. So I do think it's unfair to be early because I think sure. it throws everyone under the bus a bit. Sure. But also, it's quite, but also bread's quite hard at week three. So I do think it's sometimes good to have an early one that kind of makes people struggle and wobble a bit. I quite like biscuits later. So I don't mind desserts being earlier. Oh no, I want biscuits. I would want biscuits week one. Sure. Um. So <laughs> the signature this week, oh, we're touching feet, look. That's quite cute, isn't it? I've never done that before. (laughs) Signature this week was their favourite trifle with defined layers, and they had three hours for it. Three hours is quite a long signature. And for a trifle. I mean, do you have a favourite trifle? I I think my favourite trifle is not having a trifle. Yeah, I really don't like trifle. I like like all the elements. See, my mum doesn't really like jelly. So we never had trifle when we were younger, because the trifles that you had when you were younger tended to be like custard cream jelly and cake and the jelly had bits of fruit suspended like oh dodgy i can't bits of be doing with bitty jelly yeah no i don't want bits of my jelly in the slightest uh, when they were talking about these trifles um mary said that if about she was talking about the flavors and she was like if one is too strong it may overpower the others which sounds quite hot 
<laughs> yeah. If you had to have one flavor that was too strong in a trifle, or maybe like one element that was too strong in a trifle, what would it be? I mean, it would be custard just because I only want the custard. I don't want anything else. See, I, I, yes. On the, on the flip side of that, I hate ladyfingers because they're kind of grainy and wet. Oh, that, that's the thing that stresses me out most about a trifle is mm. the soggy cake or soggy. Mm. Also, ladyfingers. I mean, what kind of ladies did this person ever look at? They're like sausage fingers. They look like King Charles's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should rename them to King Charles Fingers. <laughs> they're not pink. <laughs> Once they've been soaked with raspberry, yes. Lady fingers, they're awful. Also, what is going on with his fingers? Oh, as a I nurse, I think he's just. I think he's a corpse. Do you think it's um the ghost of our die? <laughs> Yes. who has cursed him with bad fingers for yes. the rest of eternity. Definitely. Oh, I just watched The Crown the other day when she died in it and I got really upset. Do you know, I've never seen a single episode of The Crown. It One... used to be quite good. It's not good anymore. But th- when it got into like, recent history, it stopped being very good because they kept focusing on Ardai. And of course, I love Ardai. But like, she wasn't a royal at that point. So it felt a bit odd oh because at one point i was thinking i will just be able to start the whole thing from scratch and it'll just be a delightful thing of like oh series one to four stunning right one like day, one stella day. um we should probably talk about this show though uh who stood out to you we'll come to the great cast of thievery later <laughs> but who stood out to you as apart from that firstly it was ali mainly because he is just the best dressed person i didn't know this the first time i watched but you mentioned it in episode mm. one his hats always match his cardigans he looks so cool mm. uh, and you know when sometimes you watch these things from the past and you just think oh wow they all look awful with their fashion he's cool now yeah Back, uh, 10 years ago um but yeah he did like a raspberry one and it what else just, what else was in there do you um, know david um savoyardi biscuits yeah mm-hmm. oh what were the flavors didn't he have macarons and they called them macaroons they, again? that did happen again yeah macaron macaron what was that Maca- macaron Shaka- oh that's a chacaron song he had coconut raspberry and lemon together oh, see I, I mean i don't remember but amazing yeah he went down quite well he went down quite well <laughs> well maybe he does who knows on um, paul <laughs> paul said he was very good <laughs> So there is that. <laughs> also, in his little backstory thing, it showed him smoking a shisha with his friends, which I thought was quite refreshing. Yeah, I wasn't sure how what how Bake Off felt about that kind of stuff. But actually back then... What's in a shisha, please? Well, it's tobacco still. It's right. just tobacco, but then it goes through water, doesn't it? So it kind of... It's basically like... An, it's just a massive old-fashioned vape. <laughs> oh, fun. But I wouldn't re- know. But there's real tobacco involved. Um, but yeah, I think back then there wasn't the smoking ban, maybe. I've... Oh yeah, was he inside? What an interesting conversation! I really liked the idea. Of my two, my top, my top three, I think, were um, Howard's. He was doing caramel and apple trifle topped with macadamia nuts, um, which I really liked. Ruby was doing one, a tropical trifle with rum, coconut, and cardamom, which sounded delicious. And Francis, who did an apple and blackberry trifle, which apparently had too much on top, but that's okay. But it was a crumble. Do you know what I've realised after we've done 60 odd episodes now? I never remember. Alex always keeps track. But uh, I think we're like maybe 60, I'm going to say 64. 7,500 episodes. <laughs> and I have only just realised that I can bold out the ones that I actually found because we always ask the question, which one did you like? I've actually sure. bowled them out. I did that and then still didn't even say one of the ones I actually liked because I also liked Francis. I thought a crumble idea was a genius one. Yeah. But then I also put Christine with a pina colada trifle, which did I thought was Did you notice quite they said Malibu? Yes. So she was putting Malibu in and now on Bake Off, whenever you're using like a quant or like an orange liqueur or like a chambord to raspberry, you have to say a raspberry liqueur, whereas they just said the, the brand name. This would be a coconut infused rum spirit. Right, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's BBC different. 
BBC's I worse. Think, I think back then they just didn't really notice. They didn't probably, to be fair. Howard, we have to mention, the most unlucky baker of all time. So after Sue ruined his muffin, not a euphemism, <laughs> last week, um, <laughs> he then had his custard thieved by Deborah, and they ended up having to switch custards. Deborah was like, devastated and sue was trying to make jokes about it and deborah was just literally having a breakdown i know and also deborah after it happened deborah did that thing where she was like how would you need any help i can help you out can we get any scoot like yeah. she was just so desperate to help yeah. it because she obviously didn't do it deliberately but the problem was it was the fact that howard literally made the best custard in the tent yeah and deborah's was shit yeah bless her so howard then basically what they did was when they when they judged it, they split out the custard from the judging to kind of make it work, which is the best thing I suppose they can do really in that situation. I thought Ruby's was quite impressive because Ruby cut some sponge into kind of palm trees and put them across the sides. I mean, as trifles go, trifles always look a bit messy, but I thought that was most the most interesting one. She tri- I think she tried to do something different. I didn't, I didn't like the sound of her flavors or the, I didn't really like hers very much. But I think, like you say, trying to do something a bit different. Everyone else, it was just some boring layers. Yeah. Someone did a Swiss rolly one, which always makes it look quite nice and things. They they were all quite creative, considering it was trifle. But Ruby was the most creative. Yeah, and I think was, it, yeah. t- it tasted great. Mary said that she wanted it spread out a bit more so she could savour the flavour. Is that she... how you like yours? Do you spread yours out a bit more to savour flavour? I spread mine out as far as it can go. <laughs> which is famously not very far. But also it was Genoese. Ruby's Genoese, that's why you like oh, it. Oh, I didn't want to say that word today. I wasn't allowed. And the technical was Ile Flottante, which is basically like a poached meringue in creme anglaise with sponge sugar on top. That's one and a half hours, not very long, but I think a very good challenge because you know how to make meringue, you know how to make creme anglaise, but they're asking you to make the meringue in a different way. Have you have you had these before? I think I have once. Because to me, I'm trying to work out because I love custard. Mm. I do like a really light meringue, but I can't really imagine, that, like, it just feels like there's no, there's nothing it, to this It's dessert. like eating Swiss meringue. Yeah. So Swiss meringue that's already cooked, it's basically like, the texture is like eating Swiss meringue. Well, Swiss meringue and custard, I would like. The sponge sugar I could leave, but that, I think that was just to try and make another element for them to do. Yeah, what annoyed me though with this one was sponge sugar. So when they got to the judging, all the sponge sugar had basically disappeared because it had been sat on top of wet meringue. And that's what happens to, to sponge sugar. You put sponge sugar onto the thing just before you eat it or serve it so that it doesn't disintegrate because it's really, it attracts moisture and kind of disappears into runny sugar again. Yeah, not three hours later. Although I have to say, when showing them, like, no one was having a good time spinning spinning their no, sugar. No, but then when I was when I did sponge sugar on my bake in week six, as long as I made double in the time, what I did so I made double the amount of sponge sugar I needed. They then took my bake to photograph it with sponge sugar on it, and then when it came to judging, I could replace the sponge sugar and I put new sponge sugar on top so that it was still. Oh yeah, visible. no, but what I was meaning is most of them just had blobs of sugar on the counter anyway before it was actually. So you're saying they've got no the talent. Bake. Well, just in this challenge, they struggled with <laughs> they, There was a lot of Quinelle, um, Quinelle struggles today. Today, not today, whatever it was. I think Quin- today. <laughs> I think Quinelles are quite hard to do with meringue, though. I don't think I've ever made a Quinelle in my life. <laughs> I don't think I need to. No, I've seen a lot of those people do it with butter on Instagram. It's quite I nice to watch. I do like but, that. Yeah, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just. You did one with it. that cremo that you made. Oh yes, I I quite like it. I like it more than a scoop of ice cream scooper. Yeah, they were all kind of debating about the size. Um, Ali was quite impressed with Becca's big ones, I quote. Um, and then Glenn obviously went massive on them. The problem I found with these, actually, though, is they weren't... Normally, you serve Ile Flottante in, like, like a glass or, like, a ramekin. Not just, like, on a fucking plate. That's what I thought. slap some custard on there and just whack them <laughs> yeah. on top. It looked like... 
it looked like a bowl of like I don't know boobs. That's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, albino boobs. They've not really helped people with the the presentation of this. They've just no. given them a, a regular plate from IKEA, the cheapest you can get. Pop, like ladle a bit of custard and just blob these things on top. Really yeah. strange. Innuendo of the challenge from this one came from Robert, who was making a sponge sugar and he went, it's getting there, it's getting longer. <laughs> so in the judging, um, 11th was Mark, 10th was Becca, 9th was Deborah, the custard robber, and in 3rd was <laughs> Ruby, 2nd was Robert, and 1st was Glenn and his massive albino boobies. Um, <laughs> I've got delirious. It's all fine. We're going to keep going. The showstopper was Petty Four, so they had to make 24 of them. 12 of them were biscuit based 12 of them were sponge based and they had three hours what do you reckon not happy as usual first of all we're doing a podcast here give us a break having to write down all of these things but at these early stages literally have one (laughs) the only job you have to do is to write the things down because all we do is talk shit around it for the next 40 minutes Yeah, but that's tough and then also because it's early on in the episode even for people watching, it's the end of the episode. It's the showstopper. No, I mean the series. Sorry, okay, the series, sure. The season. There's even people watching it. That's a lot of things to be trying to watch. But maybe they just don't care. I don't think people actually absorb it as much. They go, "Oh, lovely," and then they continue with their day. Like so, most people are like me because I haven't written everything down. Well, don't worry because Ali wasn't in this section, nor was Kimberly, and nor was Robert. Oh, yeah, I've not even written. They Ali, just weren't. Actually. They just weren't there. So Christine, um, she was talking about these. Um, Petty fours, and she said, with a small mouthful, you can take rich and sickly. Do you agree? <laughs> with a small mouth as well, you can definitely take rich and <laughs> I, rich I and thought silky. a small mouth would be hard. Uh, Christine, though, she produced this... Butt plug. Butt plug. Yeah. And then said her husband made it for her just to do this. Like, no, that was well used. I you think your see. husband had that in his, bo- in his bottom drawer, didn't he? <laughs> I think he had for quite some time. But she was using it to make these brandy snaps, which... It's quite clever to make little brandy snap cones. That's the kind of thing now that if you watched on Bake Off now, it's funny how we've become so used to people being creative that it's just like, yeah, and. Yeah. Whereas back then, that probably was seen as quite an exciting thing to do. I've actually written down on my notes, to, to it says play 3901. So I'm going to try and see if I can find that section. Hang on. It's not going to be Mary saying scrummy again, is it? I think it's something to do with the butt plug. Oh, it's this bit. So what are you using as a mould? <gasps> Two little tools here. So when they come out of the oven, while they're still soft, they mould down the bottom of the cone and make tiny little... Now what's that? My husband made it for me. Your husband made that? I said to him, I just want a little thing that makes tiny little cone. Actually speechless. <laughs> I guess he should be mentioned in dispatches. He certainly should be mentioned in dispatches. What a wonderful, talented man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's like a side hustle for him? Do you think he makes them just for himself or does he make them and sell them on the internet? They're quite large. Ooh. So it's, I think it's a, a particular... And they're wooden, so there's not, <laughs> much, there's not much flex there. <laughs> also, that's quite absorbent for like juices and things. Oh my God, juices? Well, whatever's in there, you want it to be something that's a little bit, I don't know, not absorbent anyway. No, you, do, you want it to be, yeah, and a Shiny. little bit of flex. <laughs> <laughs> but also that might just be his personal one that's picky. He could probably make them a bit smaller. You don't want to be the his personal one. Mary's put her, fa- her hands around that. She was fondling it. Oh, gross. Okay, so Christine was making Sakatot <laughs> t- parcels and spave and brandy snap 99ers filled with raspberries, mascarpone, and pistachios. And David's having a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Shall anyway. we talk about Glennon's nutty butter instead? <laughs> Let's go to Glennon's nutty butter. So he said he was making billionaire bouchers and orange financiers, which were made with, quote, 
nutty butter and his nutty butter financiers were, were sized wrong again and and his billionaire bouchers whatever they were they were sized wrong as well they were quite large they were quite large um who else stood out i'm trying to look at my Fra- notes i bolded someone oh. I, i've only bolded one person i only liked one person Frances, she did ginger nut crackers and sugar plum fairy cakes and i know they talk about style over substance and things but when something looks that exquisite part of me thinks i don't even care what it tastes like i'm tired already i know it's in episode three but i'm sick of the narrative of style over substance with francis she is good at both you don't need a storyline i'm bored of it she's so talented it's just like i hate it when they're obviously trying to push a storyline for somebody and it feels like this is the first time in these bake-off series where we started to kind of encounter that and it's frustrating because this is bake-off like half the time your things aren't working properly because you're under pressure. Mm. They're not saying it for every other person when their things aren't just 100%. But anytime she does anything that isn't perfect texture, isn't perfect flavor, it's just mm. just because they look so good. You're right, style over substance, like boring. Mark struggled a bit this week on a struggle bus. Um, he said he's not brilliant when it's small, um, which I think we've all, we've, we can all relate to in some sort of capacity. He was making rose and pistachio macarons and not runes, obviously, but they said macaroons and chocolate and raspberry bites. I mean, the macarons didn't work and the Genoese came out rubbery. Yeah, he didn't do very well on this challenge. And I think this was one of the ones that kind of pushed him down. I would like to mention though, Howard make black, made black coffee and cardamom cake. Oh. And that's, I've never even, I've never thought about a black coffee. I normally do like coffee granules and stuff, but like imagine like a dark, bitter coffee with cardamom would be lovely. And he and his cheesy cheesy biscuit jammy dodgers. Yeah. Also sounded delicious. White stilton and pear. Yeah. And they I agree with them. They said that he could have gone with uh blue stilton rather than the white one. Mm. But I thought that sounded delicious. That's kind of very rarely do I watch it and think, I'm gonna try that. Because usually like, okay, I've seen How his flavours are always great. I really want to try making those. Right. So Christine and her little wooden butt plug came in first place. So she won. But leaving was a double a double elimination, Deborah and Mark. Again, they shot their load again too soon, didn't they? Like, why are two going now? I know, they didn't need to. One Saved of, them to the end. They could have just sent one of them home. And who would it have been? No, don't, don't answer that, that's mean. <laughs> so, this week they squeezed in a double elimination. I reckon Paul would squeeze two in every week because... Not much squeezing need that I've heard. <laughs> that's about as disgusting as this week's taste test. It comes from Rick, who says that the best way to eat Christmas pudding is with salad cream and grated cheese. I think we need to think of something worse than jail for them. Agreed. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, let's get down to it. No funny business. Not even taking me for a drink yet, David. I mean it. We're here to advertise our OnlyFans, where you can get loads of extra exclusive content such as outtakes, interviews, recipes, ad-free episodes, behind-the-scenes tea, and loads more. I like this forceful version of you, David. For the price of a box of cereal a month, you can get all of that. Plus, you'll be helping us keep the podcast going each and every week. Yes, it's unfortunate that creating a podcast isn't free, isn't it? Just head over to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys to join us. I mean, you've definitely got to the point, but I can't help feel this ad hasn't been particularly fun for anyone needs must michael well yeah not much discussion there that is absolutely vile what an awful thing to say <laughs> and also how do you discover that how uh, yes. do you, well, you have your christmas pudding next to you and you go do you know what i might add to this some salad cream i mean fair enough to add the grated cheese or just some well not grated just some cheese with a christmas pudding. Do you know what actually no, i will stick up for the grated cheese situation because i've discovered here's a really boring middle class sentence are you ready I've discovered that a grated cheese in a sandwich tastes so much better than normal, like, cut cheese. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't like cut cheese in a sandwich, ever. So I've been grating... Alex has literally got his head in his hands. I, <laughs> I've been grating my cheese in my sandwiches recently, and I have never felt more grown up. Do you know what? I actually like the finely grated cheese as well. Oh, with the small with the small holes? Yes. The small, rather the than the big hole. holes? Yes. I'm all yeah. about the small holes. Um, anyway, <laughs> this person has gone to jail, beyond jail. See you later. Goodbye, yeah, this Rick. is like electric chair situation. That's Stop listening to now. the podcast. Um, <laughs> now, talk about talking about disasters. I have not had any disasters. Not only that, I've literally sailed through this week. You're trying this... to skim through the fact that there is a sting that needs to go in here. Oh. Let's hear it. Disaster of the week. Ah! There we go. Yeah, but I am, I've been Mr. Perfect this week. There's been not even a single thing that's come, become okay, close well, to be a disaster for me. So um, listeners may or may not be aware, I work in a theatre. So this month is pantomime month for me. We have two shows every single day of December, apart from Mondays. So I, I, I'm going to preface my disaster of the week with the fact that I've not slept for a very long time. There's been lots of angry parents calling me a Grinch and worse. Um, I got called the C word recently. Like it's honestly been a bit feral at work. Everyone's just having a horrible time. A horrible festive time though. And the show is very good. You should just dress up as the Grinch. (laughs) (laughs) Just paint myself green and be like, yes, and. But I, so I got my Christmas tree. It's just next to me actually. Like, isn't she quite cute? She's very small. She's quite petite. Hey, not everything has to be big. She actually looks a bit like Christine's butt plug, shape-wise. But so do all Christmas trees. Yeah, but I mean, that's a good thing. I've never noticed that Christmas trees are shaped like butt plugs before. Yeah, but some of them are a bit like wonky. Yours is perfect. It's like so symmetrical. It is really lovely. I chose it from down the road. But I went down the road to go and get it from our little Christmas tree farm. Very good song with Taylor Swift as well, that, in case you were wondering. Um, Wasn't wondering. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I came home with it, got it, put it in the, in the kitchen, and I was like, oh, that's lovely. And then I got a knock on the door, and I was like, oh, who could that be? Open the door. I forgot I'd also ordered a seven-foot Christmas tree by mistake <laughs> from the internet. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, seven-foot wouldn't fit in here. <laughs> How do you order it? Michael lives in a one-bedroom flat in London. Like, how did you order a seven-foot Christmas tree? I, don't, I just don't think... I think I just got home after one panto shift and was delirious. And I was like, Where oh, is it? well, it's currently in the back garden. <laughs> I haven't even taken it out of its netting. And I messaged the people, the family upstairs and I was like, do you want a Christmas tree? And they were like, no, we've had it for ages. I messaged Alice because Alice has been in India recently and she just got back. And she just lives around the corner as well. And I was like, oh, Alice, do you want a Christmas tree? And she was like, no. Was like, Does anyone want a Christmas tree? No one wants one. So it's just in the garden now. I'm I mean, I love the fact it. that even if you'd found someone that said yes, you'd have been like, it's seven foot. Like, uh, <laughs> no, then. No, thank you. <laughs> and you can't really carry it around. Like, you can't like go and like, ca- carry a Christmas tree down the road, just knock on a door and be like, hiya, got a spare Christmas tree if you want it. You know, when people dump the Christmas So in the UK, after you've finished Christmas, obviously everyone has a Christmas tree. So the local governments have to put places where you can go and dump your christmas trees mm. yours would be like the earliest dumped christmas tree. <laughs> christmas tree. Can, you, can you take it Just now in a field on its own <laughs> well the other one i got from the down the road from the christmas tree farm is a pot one so i can i can put her outside and i can feed her and try not to kill her over over the over the years and i can bring her back in that's much more environmentally friendly than just killing one every year yeah they never work though because they cut too much of the roots off i have already killed one so that's my disaster of the week also you would have never had enough christmas tree decorations you'd have bankrupted yourself all right all right <laughs> right i've said sorry <laughs> on to our christmas tree is lovely um on to cause that's why this week i've had no disasters on to the first person is yours fake no it's six foot but not fake. All right, okay. Um, Size we, doesn't matter. It's about how you use it. Actually, well, yeah, how we use it. It hasn't got enough Christmas tree decorations on it. So I normally do... I normally what do, do you a, mean, Michael? You're not even using it. You, that's true. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I am. Um, I normally don't put decorations on mine. I normally just do lights. Oh, that's a, is that because Hazel destroys them? No, Hazel is literally couldn't be less arsed. Oh. She walked in here, looked at it, just turned around and went to a different room again. Uh, on to the first question. Zana. Love that name. Zana do. Zana do. Zana doesn't. Zana do. She starts off with, love you two and love the podcast. So to my question, what would be your favorite Frankenstein Christmas bakes? And by this, I mean mixing at least two Christmas bakes together. Oh, I did a bake the weekend, but it's not two Christmas bakes. It was a French, like a Bakewell tart, but with mincemeat for the, for the jam. Oh, so not two Christmas bakes, but that is two Christmas bake, uh, two bakes and one's Christmas. I like the idea of that. Yeah, and I put like rum and orange into the frangipan. And then had like a like a like a brandyish brandyish and like I had cranberries in my in my mincemeat. I did that. That was lovely. Do it's quite a strange word, mincemeat, isn't it? I wonder if people. Oh, well, there was a BB about it a while ago, wasn't there? Oh, so everyone listening to this must know what mincemeat is. Mincemeat is it used to basically be they it used to actually have meat in it, just like puddings used to all have meat in them, and then it slowly kind of became sweeter and sweeter, and they took out the meat. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> the meat hasn't gone in for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have, to, be, to be honest, a Frankenstein Christmas break probably would be anything just sticking mincemeat in. I would like a Stollen with mincemeat inside the Stollen as well oh, as the Oh, that's a bit much. Oh, no, I'd love I it. Love, I think I've spoken about it before. I do pistachio Stollen with like a brandy and orange rum. Um, rum, what's it called? That's the one. Yeah. I think I would do a Yule Log, but with loads of marzipan in it and de- marzipan decorations. Oh, that could be quite... You just like marzipan. You just want to whack yeah. marzipan onto anything. You could do like a marzipan-topped gingerbread. That could be quite nice. And if you like burnt the marzipan, you know, if you like flame grill the yeah, marzipan. Toast, toast it. 
Oh yeah, flame grill. That's what, <laughs> what's grilling if not what's toasting if not flame, flame grilling? Grill your marzipan. <laughs> I love the idea of that. So <clears throat> thank you very much, Zana. I'm gonna put marzipan on everything. Next one is from Chantal. I'm new to the podcast, but I've been eagerly consuming your back catalogue. Oh, I wish someone would eagerly consume my back catalogue. <laughs> well, Chantal has been. Alex has just literally just left the camera. He's had enough. <laughs> Chantal says, I loved the quickfire questions that were posed to you, and so I thought I'd send in mine. So these are for you, Michael. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> a chocolate finger or a marzipan log? Oh, Oh, not a chocolate finger. But to, to eat. You douche. Oh, sorry. <laughs> log to me implies like <laughs> fecal matter. Oh, see, log to me just, well, a chocolate finger implies well, fecal matter. Yes. Log just means big, uh, like, uh, I'm going to go chocolate finger. Next question. <laughs> slack off. Um... Do you know what? I'm going to go slack. I don't like my custard to have a wobble. Oh, custard. Yeah. Uh, I like mine to be slack as well. <laughs> Famously, <laughs> is. it's been many years. Oh, this one's quite a good one. Oh, slash horrible. Fan fiction about Giuseppe and Jürgen or Chiggs and George? Oh, that is difficult, actually. <laughs> we what have... this is conjuring in my head is quite scary right now. We So for listeners who may not have already gone there, in our back catalogue, which I think she's been rifling through, there is an episode where we read out some fan fiction and the Jürgen one was particularly descriptive, perhaps oh. I might say. We still get messages saying, please never do that again. With the savoury slab. But I'm pals with George and Chiggs. I'm pals with with Giuseppe as well. I don't really know Jürgen very well. I'm just going to hope he doesn't don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> and we're not going to ask answer any further questions. Chiggs and George. Yeah, I just want Chiggs. Next one, sticky buns or a cream pie? To the face. Oh, to the face. <laughs> it doesn't say that. I just I've never that. had a cream pie. To the face. No, just like a, like any, I've never eaten a cream pie. Have you, eat, have you eaten a cream pie but before? Is cream pie an actual thing, or is it just what they use in comedy? I mean, I've had a cream pie before. Have you? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I would choose a sticky bun. Sticky buns all the way. I'm a savory boy. Okay, because it's holiday season. Mm-hmm. See how I'm kind of mixing in like. You're doing very well. It's almost control. like we've been doing this for over a year yeah. and shouldn't need any more praise. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we're going to go on to a new section I've got just for this week called Christmas Cracker Jokes. And let's have that jingle straight away. Three, two, one, go. Christmas Cracker Jokes. (laughs) I need a noise. (laughs) Okay, try again. Christmas Cracker Jokes. (laughs) Not like a death rattle, but okay, that's the one we'll use. (laughs) Luckily, it's going to be for this week. What what amazes me is every single time you introduce a new segment and I ask for a a jingle, you're genuinely surprised. You forget every time. Well, maybe because this isn't really a segment. It's only this week. Sure. I've got a really good one. Do you want to hear it? Yes. What do you call a boomerang that does not come back? I don't know. A stick. <laughs> I mean, that's... Oh, wait. <laughs> that is actually very good. That's smart. Another one. What do you call a snowman playing the piano? I don't know. Melton John. <laughs> that's, that is good. The first one was actually too good for being a Christmas cracker joke. Sure. That one is actually a good Christmas cracker one. This one I've got is a Freya one, okay? A Freya one? Yeah, you'll get it. Okay. What did the wise man say after they gave their gifts of gold and frankincense? I don't know. Wait, there's myrrh. Oh, very, that's very nice. And I've also got a Bake Off related one, kind of. So. What's the difference between the Christmas alphabet and the normal one? I don't know. The Christmas alphabet has Noel. Oh, God, these are very good. Um, what does Miley Cyrus have at, at Christmas? Oh, I don't know. A twerky. <laughs> That's good. Is that good? That's uh, also modern. That is very modern. That is very modern. What about this one? This is a baking themed one. 
Who hides in the bakery at Christmas? Ooh, I don't know. A mince spy. That is very good. That is very good. Do we finish there? No, because I've got one that's like the worst one ever, okay, ever, great. ever. What is Santa's primary language? The alphabet. North Polish. This is That's a proper, because Christmas cracker jokes should be the worst. It's always nice to end on a downer, isn't it? Yep. Well, I hope we haven't lost subscribers, particularly after that last awful joke from you. Not possible, Michael. Our listeners are the most committed, beautiful human beings that ever did exist. Plus, they stayed after the fanfiction, which was truly repulsive. True. Well, this week we have a very specific ask. A Christmas present to us, if you will. This won't take any technological prowess. Even David could manage it, and he can barely turn on a computer. Could you please go into your podcast app and rate us? Only if it's five stars, of course. Imagine David waking up on Christmas morning, bleary-eyed, switching on his phone at 7am whenever he wakes up at some ungodly hour. Six. Six. And seeing loads of shiny five-star reviews. You're making a very old man very happy. What could be his last Christmas with us? <laughs> I'd also like some new socks, a Mary Berry cookbook, and one of those book plugs, Christmas. <laughs> Ignore him, listeners, and enjoy your Christmas. David will receive a cold like he has every single year. Maybe, David, if you were nicer on this podcast, you could be on Santa's good list next year. Keep them sticky! Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.